three, two, one. Welcome to the Mix Zone by Infront X Lab. On this podcast, we chat with sports and innovation leaders from around the globe, talking about everything from the newest technologies to major trends affecting our industry. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, we're Infront X Lab, the innovation branch of digital media company Infront X. We help sports and entertainment organizations gain the upper hand with innovation and bring them closer to cutting edge technologies, covering all sports related industries from data to content and everything in between. I'm Rav Sevier, marketing manager at The Lab and host of this podcast. AI has become a prominent player in the sports world, from content to performance, marketing, player health, data, and even weather intelligence. Artificial intelligence is at the heart of new companies across the sporting landscape. And it's just the beginning. As technologies continue to develop, can we expect AI to begin playing an even larger role in sports? Today, we welcome Evan Ryan, the founder of Teammate AI, which helps entrepreneurs scale their businesses via artificial intelligence. He's also the author of the newly released book, AI as Your Teammate. Evan has also helped develop and launch Lead AI, a novel natural language AI program which uses real-time data to automate the production of written content and deep linking. This allows media companies and content teams to publish content at scale while having the time to focus on the more creative and impactful work only a human can do. Lead AI has already written hundreds of thousands of articles, many of them covering local high school football games in the United States, and an article co-authored by the system even won sports writing honors. Evan, welcome to the Mix Zone. Thank you for having me. Well, first of all, Evan, can you tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and how you ended up in this grand AI universe? Yeah, I come from a family of really passionate entrepreneurs. Uh, We love solving problems, and uh, I personally really like solving problems and and not doing things that are boring. Um, I like helping people and helping myself do things that are really fulfilling and really fun. I love having fun all the time. Um, It's something that I learned from both of my parents, and... Uh, I really got into AI because I thought, well, you know, there are so many boring tasks out there, so many things that people do that computers could do really well. I wonder if we can help those people do more fun, creative, uh, and fulfilling work and less boring, mundane tasks. And you've already been able to do that uh, through your company, even now through your book. I've, I've had a chance to read it already, really going through and telling people how they can minimize those boring tasks that you've mentioned. Well, you know, I haven't met anybody who wakes up on a Monday morning and says, boy, I can't wait to do boring stuff all week. And I agree with you on that one. <laughs> yeah. So what if we could give people the formula to help their employees have a more fascinating and motivating future uh, where they're solving the kinds of problems that only humans can solve and they're innovating on the kinds of things that only humans can innovate on. And computers are doing a lot of the stuff uh, that just sort of keeps the lights on. So now AI has already made its way into every aspect of sports and not only with this boring stuff that we're talking about it. So before we dive into the impact it has had in sports, you know, I'd like to take a look at the AI landscape and sports at large. There are so many different technologies that help different departments within sports organizations. Can you just walk us through this breakdown of what types of AIs have already made their way into sports organizations? 
Absolutely. The easiest example, I think, is player development. It's looking at how players are doing, their health statistics, looking at things like how they slept, what they've eaten, how their workouts have gone recently, and correlating all of that to how they'll perform uh, on the pitch or on the turf or on the court, wherever else they're playing. Uh, I think there's a really fantastic use case of AI and viewer experience. So looking at uh, new ways to create personalized experiences around watching your favorite team play or watching your favorite player play, uh, creating amazing news feeds, creating uh, amazing content in real time that's not being done by humans, it's being done by computers. That way the viewing experience overall is, is much, much higher for people. And then in the marketing department of a lot of these sports leagues, these teams for teams for players, uh, using AI to automate some of the content creation or at least automate version one of content creation, whether that's copy, it's images, it's video editing and cutting. Uh, I think that's absolutely huge right now and it's helping marketing departments all over the world really create the story narratives and create the pieces of content that only humans can create and the narratives that only humans can create and allowing a lot of the day-to-day -day content to be taken care of by computers. Now, when we're talking about AI in sports, where do you think it has had the most impact so far? I think video editing. Uh, I'm not a video editing person by any means, but I do know that it takes a long time. And AI being used to help cut footage and make it so that you can post it on Twitter just 10 minutes faster or 15 minutes faster. I think that's really saving people a lot of time. I also think just player development and really uh, doing a lot of game planning using AI, cutting film, game film, and sort of getting the important pieces and allowing teams to perform better and better on the field is permeating its way through sports right now. And it's creating a better product overall. Is there anywhere that you think the AI's impact hasn't been felt enough or perhaps it's been underused? I think in the back office, I talked to somebody recently. She worked in, uh, in finance and accounting for a major league soccer team in the United States, and they weren't using much AI. Um, I think on the operational side, probably not much AI going on right now, uh, project management, program management, those types of areas where, you know, ironically, uh, if most businesses are the same in the way that they do project management and program management and accounting and finance, uh, but sports is so ahead in AI in some areas, I think they're forgetting about sort of the, the blocking and tackling of, of business process AI uh, in the back office. Is that something that you've seen with a lot of sports organizations that they just haven't, while they're utilizing AI with everything that has to do with, you know, data and player performance, as you mentioned, they just don't get the fact that it can help the, I don't want to call them, you know, the, the background players in their teams, but really the people who are doing the day-to-day -day business. I'm seeing it everywhere, but especially in sports organizations where, uh, yeah, the, the front stage employees and the players and the coaches are, are using it left and right but the backstage are our business as usual. Why do you think that is in terms of, you know, in sports that you're seeing it more than elsewhere? I think AI has been so well developed for very specific use cases in sports that people have forgotten about some of the ways that it can be used just to save five minutes here and 10 minutes there. 
So now we're talking about AI-based technologies. What has caught your attention the most and how has it affected the sports industry? You, you talked a lot about the video editing. Is that where your eye has gone or are there other technologies that you think have really been able to spur sports organizations forward? I think general content creation for blogs, for newspaper outlets, for social media is absolutely huge. I think it's going to get much, much bigger. Uh, I think one of the biggest things that I learned about many sports leagues and teams is how understaffed a lot of their marketing departments are. What you think might be a 10 or 12 person marketing department is actually four or six people. And so a lot of those teams and leagues need a lot of AI to help them. I think secondly, you know, the democratization, the sort of the cheapness that AI brings, it, it makes it so that you can get a lot of value really cheap, is going to help develop a lot of new players that pre previously couldn't afford some of the best trainers in the world or some of the, uh, the best teams to be on the best traveling teams in the world. So I think one of the interesting things that's catching my eye is not necessarily the AI technology, but how, who it's able to affect. So there's a lot more, I think, previously underutilized talent that I think is now able to get the training that it, they need in order to be able to play in the division one colleges in the United States or in the lower tier leagues uh, in Europe and in Asia, and now can, can develop up with the professionals. And if we're talking about that, I've seen, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, if you've seen something else, a lot of different AI technologies that are at home for parents with their children that can really help develop kids from a younger age. So if we're talking about that um, unfound or untapped talent, it can now come from so many different places. And it does not just to be from, you know, the clubs that have youth organizations where a child is proclaimed a prodigy at four years old and is able to go train in Barcelona. It can really come from anywhere in the world. Absolutely. And it can be a little bit more well-rounded, I think. And it's, I think it's going to help avoid burnout for a lot of kids who, you know, were really, really good, but they didn't have the resources necessary to get the best training in the world. So they just quadrupled down on the one sport for 12 years. And now they have injuries by the time that they were about to cash checks. I think we'll see lots more people uh, that are really competitive, but also that are better rounded in terms of their physique and physicality so that they don't burn out as easily. You talked specifically about content, and I want to get more into that. You also helped establish Lead AI, which we mentioned earlier, and has helped local newsrooms and their sports coverage. Tell us a bit about Lead AI as a platform and a company. Lead AI uses AI and natural language to write newspaper articles about high school and professional sports. So in the United States, which is where we're based and, and who our primary target market is, uh, especially when we launched, uh, there are 7,800 high school sports on the average, high school football games on the average football Friday night. Football That's being American insane. football. And there are not nearly as many reporters to be able to cover that. And with our collaborator, collaborator newsroom in particular, you know, there were 15 games on the first Friday night and they only had three journalists. And so the question that we really asked was, well, how could we cover every high school sporting event for local newspapers without their require, being required to send a journalist everywhere? So we use AI and natural language to not only figure out what happened during the game, but also write, edit, and publish that article all without human intervention. So what does that process look like? 
I'm a journalist. I'm out covering. You said uh, three journalists, 15 games. I've got five games I have to cover. I go out to my first one. What's the process look like? What does my evening look like on that Friday night? Your evening could be spent in bed or on a date with your significant other or anything else. We use much different uh, than what I was we, expecting. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, collaborate with a partner called ScoreStream. ScoreStream crowdsources sports scores. So they use, uh, they have an app where people in the stands actually update the score live as it's happening. Uh, the moment the game ends, we are able to gather that data, figure out, well, what happened during the game? Who won? Who lost? What were the key events that happened during the game? Uh, was the game really close towards the end or was it sort of a blowout? And how do we write about it? And then we'll write it, we'll edit it, and we'll publish it all in theory while the editor is asleep or the journalist is asleep. <laughs> now, what's the backstory to Lead AI? How did this, I mean, obviously the idea came about because you don't have enough resources for the amount of games that you have to cover, but how did you become involved with the newsroom in creating this product? Pure happenstance. We share a co-working space. And uh, the publisher of the newsroom had, knew that I was in the AI business. Uh, and we hit it off. They originally actually had um, sent reporters to school board meetings and to city council meetings. But these school board meetings and these city council meetings were so boring. Oh my goodness, they were so boring. And, they and that's what you so had to eliminate. Time. Yes. We started working on, well, could we use AI to you know, transcribe the audio mm -hmm. so that instead of a reporter sitting there for four or five, six hours and then spending the whole next day writing a, writing a brief about what happened at the school board meeting, could they just transcribe audio and now instead of spending six hours, they spend one? Well, that went so well, we started to ask questions like, well, you know, what are the things in your newsroom that are going underreported right now? What are the stories that aren't being told because you have to go tell high school football stories, for example, and their reporters still do cover high school football events, but they weren't able to cover players as much. They weren't able to cover the star linebacker or the star running back who uh, is also giving back to the community and has a 4.0 GPA. And mm -hmm. that's what they really wanted to cover, but they didn't have the resources to do it. So our coming in and saying, well, why don't we cover the games for you? That way you can cover the stuff that's really important, allowed us to, uh, allowed us to get the inspiration that we needed to kick off the company. And how many stories has Lead AI written or pitched in for so far? Across the United States, we've now written and published over half a million stories. In how long? In three years. Which is absolutely incredible. I'm not even going to attempt to do the math in my head as to how many stories that is uh, per day or per, uh, if we're talking about, you know, Friday night football games in the United States and the high schools. But I want to go back to that, um, the story that did get sports writing honors. How did that come about? And how did they react when they found out that AI had a part in writing the story? I'm not sure if they do know that AI had a part in writing the story to this day. But what happened was in Ohio, the American football high school state championship games take place at two different stadiums. And they're about two hour, a two hour drive apart from each other. So it's not close. You can't send one reporter to both games. And what we decided to do was we decided to have Lead AI write the first draft of the article. Mm -hmm. All we had to do was write it, mark it as a developing story and publish it out there. That way we could provide the readers who wanted to know immediately what happened during the game, that answer. Well, after we had published the article, the reporter that was at the game 
had uploaded some photos that he took at the game, talked to the winning coach and some of the winning players in the MVP, got quotes, was able to fill in the blanks like fan reaction so that the AI doesn't know about, you know, what were some of the most important plays that happened during the game? When was the big momentum swing during the game? And we put it all together. And when that reporter, who truly did about 95% of the work, published the new and updated article on top of what Lead AI had published, uh, the public absolutely loved it. The reception was fantastic. And several months later, we found out that it uh, won an award. And now you're taking the public absolutely loved it. What are the numbers that you've seen come in in terms of uh, helping um, newsrooms gain more uh, viewership, more clicks on their articles? Can you share a bit about those numbers? Well, you know, every newsroom's different and their demogra- their reader demographics are different. But where we see the biggest increase is in readers that don't typically read the newspaper. So because Lead AI is a computer and it can write one article just as easily as it can write a million articles, with our newsroom clients and our collaborators and customers, we help them cover a lot more than they would originally cover. So that first weekend when there were 15 games, but only three reporters, we actually ended up covering about 100 games. Wow. And so what we're allowed, what we're able to do with our newsroom clients, partners, and collaborators is really help expand their readership market and expand that market to readers that would never think to click on their URL or to click on their website. So typically, we are much more than doubling their number of new readers um, and out-of-market readers every single weekend. Now, I want to switch our focus to, to your new pub- book that you recently published, AI as Your Teammate. Now, we spoke about sports organizations and their back offices being a little behind in terms of adapting AI and adopting it into their um, daily workflows. How can sports organizations benefit from reading this book? Well, it all starts with, I think, knowing what to automate and knowing what stuff you do in a day. So really, this is a book not meant for specifically sports organizations, but meant for really any organization and sort of teaching the fundamentals about how can you approach AI? How can you break through the noise about all of the different fluff and all of the different pieces that you read about AI? You know, what's real and what's not? And how can anybody get started with it today? So I would say the first step is just logging every activity that you do. You know, you sent an email, write it down. You took a note, write it down. All these different things that you do and and understanding, you know, why did I do it? And what was my level of satisfaction with this task? Over time, what happens is, is you start to see patterns develop where, you know, you do one task, then another task, then another task, then another task all in a row. And you can start to ask questions like, well, what if a computer could do this task for me? Or, you know, a new, a new individual signs up for your season tickets and you need to send them a thank you email. You need to organize where they want their tickets to be. You need to add them to all of your different email lists. You need to qualify them to see if you can upsell them anything afterwards. Instead of having a season ticket manager do that, why not necessarily have a computer do that? Now, the system of writing everything down and seeing what can be automated, that's something that can be used from anyone from the marketing department to on the field, if we're talking about coaches, assistant coaches, physiotherapists, and the likes. Absolutely. 
So how does that, I mean, it's maybe we'll go back to the content because you do work a lot around the content. If you know, you're a marketing manager working in the sports world, what are some things that you can already suggest that they may be able to automate? I mean, we talked about automating video production um, and obviously written production, but what are the, you know, the smaller things that we may not think about that don't necessarily scream out sports organization, but it's something that sports organization can do to improve their daily activities. Two tools that I absolutely love that are completely free. They're not any automations or AIs that you need to build. The first is called copysmith.ai. And it uses AI to write marketing copy for you. And oftentimes it's not like the marketing copy that you would necessarily want to use, but it is a great version one. And it helps sort of eliminate your uh, sort of brain dread about, you know, what's the idea for our email this week? What's the idea for our tweet or for our blog post or whatever it's going to be? You know, it can give you a foundation that then your team can edit off of. The second is, I think a ton of time gets spent editing podcasts. There's a new tool out called Descript, D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T, that allows you to edit a podcast like you edit a Word document. So it'll transcribe all of the audio for you and, and then it'll put it into a document. But if you want to cut something, you can just backspace the document and it'll delete it from the audio. That's so stuff exactly. like that, that really takes, like it takes a lot of time to go back through that audio over and over and over and over again, or just hit backspace once and you can move on. I think there are a lot of tools that are out there that are like that, that marketing departments can use right now. Um, my suggestion would be, if you have a task that takes your team a lot of time or your team doesn't seem to like, search AI and then that task, AI for and then that task. And oftentimes what you'll see is that a, a SaaS company pops up that'll take care of it for you. You know, obviously AI is already all across the sporting landscape, but we also like to dream big in the sports world and where AI can lead us in the future. So where do you believe AI can take sports organizations in the future? And, you know, we can talk about anything from these small tasks from a marketing department to athletic training and what we may be able to see from athletes in years to come. I know it's a loaded yeah, so <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a fortune teller. I think... A lot of AI can be used in understanding who comes to your games just every once in a while mm -hmm. and retargeting them for things like season tickets or for half season ticket plans or quarter season ticket plans. I think that's huge is especially now that a lot of tickets are digital, uh, tracking who's really coming to your game, how much money are they spending at concession stands like Disney has those magic bands and retargeting them to increase that average customer value. I think that's going to be huge, huge, huge for the bottom line. I think secondly, even more unique and personalized viewing experiences. I heard about a company that's doing a digital version of Tony Robbins. They took all of Tony Robbins's courses and masterminds and programs, and they're trying to make him an AI. That way he could do what he does for 10,000 people and 20,000 people for one person, if you wanted. I think if that gets off the ground, uh, being able to have AI versions of Messi or of Ronaldo, where you can ask your own questions in a, in a quote unquote interview type of setting would be really, really unique. I think it'd be a great ad placement opportunity, but more importantly, just a great branding opportunity overall. Yeah, and also for talking about learning and being able to learn from the Messi's and the Ronaldo, we go back to our previous discussion of, you know, untapped talent and what that can mean for future players that can also have a huge impact there. 
Absolutely. And those types of those types of AI applications can stand the test of time. So you could talk to Messi and Ronaldo about a game that happened 20 years ago and they would remember it like they had just played it. Whereas right now they wouldn't be able to remember it like they just played it. And so you could talk to those types of players about, you know, what was it like when you were just getting started or before you're a professional and now you can sort of map the path to success a little bit better. And, and even learn from those early days as a, as a, a player who may not have the confidence that they now do and how to gain that confidence that Ronaldo and Messi may now have, but didn't have when they were 14 years old. Absolutely. And now what's the next frontier when we're talking about AI and sports? Is there a part of the sports landscape that hasn't been explored yet or is underexplored? I think all of it is underexplored. I'd say we're still in the bottom of the first of the top of the second inning in AI and sports in particular. Uh, and so I think it's really a blue sky environment. I would hate to kind of nail down on just one or two things. I think outside of AI, of course, there are amazing VR experiences that could be built. I think NFTs will probably be huge with sports. Uh, but I think trying to, trying to chart the next frontier in AI uh, would be a bit much because I, I don't think we've charted this one yet. And what are you most looking forward to seeing developed if we're talking about what's coming next? I think really unique ways to watch games. I think the days of one camera watching the whole field and just kind of panning are soon to be gone. And there will be really unique ways to watch certain player matchups that you're interested in, to watch certain coaching matchups that you're interested in. You can watch schemes. Maybe you as the viewer could actually control which cameras that you're actually looking through. And it's all being done by software. Um, actually, the video, the video production team probably doesn't do anything differently. I think that's going to be really fun because it's going to provide a unique way of seeing the sporting event in the field that you've never seen before. So yeah. you're touching here on fan experiences and we talked a little bit about, you know, fans being able to talk to Messi and Ronaldo interviewing their younger selves and those type of experiences. What else should fans expect in terms of AI and ways in which their experience can improve in the coming years? I think certainly uh, game planning and strategies will be more advanced than ever before. I think uh, there will be so much more content to read about the teams and the players and the experiences that you love. Right now, what's interesting is, you know, there might be five or 10 pieces of content that get published about any one event, but they're all basically the same. I think there will be so many unique pieces of content and connections drawn that weren't previously drawn before. There will be new statistics that will be invented that we won't even understand, that we don't even understand right now that will uh, really shed new light on the game. And I think that right now, a lot of people watch the game and, the, and they chat with their friends in WhatsApp or they follow it on Twitter. There will be experiences that are so personalized that it will make a WhatsApp chat or a, a Twitter thread look rudimentary. <laughs> well, that's definitely giving us something to look forward to. So Evan, if you don't mind, we've got a couple rapid fire questions that we ask all of our guests. You ready for them? Absolutely. Well, first of all, how do you define innovation? Creating something that you think will make people's lives better. If you could go back and do one thing differently, do it better, what would it be? Learn to code earlier. 
So maybe that's uh, going into our next one. What piece of advice would you give your younger self at the start of your journey? Uh, eat healthily, sleep, read, exercise, and grow each day, and the rest will take care of itself. Those aren't things that you hear spoken about often when it comes to technologies and innovation <laughs> and entrepreneurs, but definitely things that are important. Now, who was or is your tech role model? Peter Diamandis. Why is that? He changed the way that I view the world. Uh, he views the world through the lens of the data. And, you know, what does the data say about the world? And if you look at the data, the world is healthier, it's living longer, it's safer, and it's happier than it's ever been. And uh, I think it's our job as technologists to use technology to continue to accelerate those trends. And last but not least, what technology has had the biggest impact on you? The internet. None of this would have been possible without it. Uh, simple, but completely understood. <laughs> Everything that we do today is based off the one of this one invention. Absolutely. All right, Evan, thank you very much for joining us on The Mix Zone. Absolutely fascinating. We all can't wait to see what will be the future of AI, especially if you're saying that we've barely touched the surface, that we're still in the, the bottom of the first, top of the second inning. I can only imagine what's going to be coming next. Thanks, Marav. I've had a wonderful time. All right. Thank you for being with us. That wraps up this episode of The Mix Zone by Infant X Lab. You can follow us on LinkedIn and be in touch with our team for more information about sports tech solutions. Just shoot us an email at lab at We'll see you next time.